0: Good morning. Hi, Jason. How's it going? Good. How are you? Hey, Ryan. Hey. Yep. It
1: sure is morning. Sun's not up here yet in Honolulu. Oh gosh. Well,
2: if it makes you feel better, the sun's not up here either. We've got like a massive layer of fog right now. Oh man.
0: That's right.
1: That's right. I've seen some pretty dramatic photos.
0: Have there been any forest fires over there, Jason, or is it just is it just not not looking good?
2: not yet and we're fingers crossed on that one because it doesn't take much in Los Angeles to start fires so uh, our rain earlier this year um helps a lot but um you know we're we're in a desert we we built a city in the middle of a desert so it doesn't rain here very much and that's that's a problem yep
0: yep yep that makes sense um questionable decisions on hindsight sometimes it's like why did urban planners think that this was a good idea i lived in dc for 5 years and it's just like why did we build the nation's capital in a swamp i don't know but we did and here we are and now everyone has to live with the the consequences of those decisions but but hey um well it's bright and early for you guys thanks for thanks for joining at such an early time in the day for both of you um Uh, Let's just kind of go ahead and and kick it off. Um, So much happening in the world of AI per usual. Um, We're kind of going to go through a couple of the main breaking stories over the last week. Um, There's a bunch that I would love your guys' take on. Uh, Ryan and Jason just kind of thinking about if these stories are uh, what we would call a high, a low, an uh uh-oh how we feel about everything that's going on in AI we might also actually veer a little bit outside of AI this week um, and talk a little bit about space as well which is exciting uh Jason you're you're a big space uh, space nerd fan which is amazing so space cadet
1: space cadet
0: space cadet <laughs> I love it I feel like <laughs> space cadet is not what Jason is Hello. at all. <laughs>
1: That used to be,
2: look, that used to be an insult, but yeah. if I'm on Elon's ship when this planet explodes, <laughs> I think it's a win.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't so. pick that particular ride. I would also say that, you know, the the, the love of space and Jason's coverage of space, the, the secret objective there is to become a prominent space reporter so that when any other private company starts sending reporters into space, he's on that flight.
2: I think if, if all of the billionaires launching rockets into space I probably would feel more comfortable on Richard Branson's flight just because it looks more like an airplane he's really chill and it's like I haven't heard too many off-the-wall comments from him on social media so I'm a little bit more comfortable with with his his uh, space yeah
0: I think that that's wise has Zuckerberg done anything launching rockets into space obviously yeah Branson Bezos um Musk.
2: not yet but i imagine once his uh once his ai aspirations fizzle fizzled out uh, he'll probably switch to rockets right
0: too. oh i don't know if his ai aspirations are gonna fizzle out though i mean it sounds like he's kind of meta's like all on board the ai express or they they just released them the billy ai demo i don't know if you saw but um, the the uh, metaverse representation of was it Kourtney Kardashian is now um, uh, available and people can talk to her and it's uh her name is Billy and it's uh, circulating all over social media. I have strong feelings about it. Um,
2: well, that that's actually, I mean, jokes aside, what Facebook does well is interaction. For better or for worse, it does that really well. And that's what he should have been doing from the start and skip the whole metaverse crypto thing. That wasn't his wheelhouse. His wheelhouse was social media. That's what he should have focused on. Uh, I remember when he was going to Congress trying to get them to approve Libra. I'm like, why are you wasting your time? They're not going to approve this and you have no business doing this. You should be over here making the next version of Facebook and thankfully he finally got around to doing that. Libra
1: was... Yeah, the Libra was their attempt to do a, a cryptocurrency. They I think they just right. thought by sheer size they could really make a big splash in the market. I think now what's going on in New York in the courthouse is probably having all of his shareholders and him um, thanking his lucky stars that it was killed early on. Um, but yeah, I agree with Jason. His data set is how people interact with each other and if you want to have data to train a model that can interact with people and make them feel like they're having a human-like interaction, Meta's the company to deliver that.
2: Well, and that's the other thing that I'm finding interesting about um, what OpenAI did with ChatGPT, where you can train ChatGPT to speak to you a certain way. So it doesn't have a visual component yet, but you can have ChatGBT respond to you in a certain manner. Like it can say, hello, Jason, how can I help you? Or, Here's Jason, this is the information I found for you. Uh, is there anything else I can do for you, Jason? That itself goes a long way into making people more comfortable with using these things because it, it speaks to you like you're used to being spoken to. And it doesn't sound robotic once you set those parameters. Adding the face of someone you recognize goes even further because you already have the mental connection to that person. So Facebook doing that is is actually ingenious. My only issue is that uh, what's her name? Uh, Kylie Jenner.
0: Uh, yeah, is it's is Kylie Jenner's name? likeness. Yeah, not not Kourtney Kardashian. Jenner. Yeah, Kylie Jenner for the the meta Kylie,
2: she's using a different name, Kendall Jenner. But it's like, well, we. We know that's not your name. So, why are you using that name? <laughs>
0: like, what is this supposed to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it's, so,
1: are we getting our Jenners confused? It's Kendall we Jenner, were. Right?
0: We were. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, there are too many
1: Kardashians and too many Jenners. Kendall Jenner is Billy, the first one, I guess. Yes.
0: Yes.
2: You know what? Ask, ask me about Aleister Crowley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, that's the one that you'll you'll keep track of. Yes, um, well, hey, too many too many Kardashians. Soon to be too many AI personalities that are kind of being built out and scaled by Meta, presumably. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit more about um, space since we already kind of veered into that topic um, a little. Jason, you wrote an article this week um, on NASA testing deep space communications, which is really interesting and exciting. A little note, it was funny to me when I was reading through this, it kind of sounds like NASA's just, well, they're hitching a ride with SpaceX, right, Um, is what it sounds like to kind of test this all out. Is NASA? I, I read this and I was like, "Is NASA broke? How? Like, why are they? Why are they just kind of like going along with what SpaceX is doing? They're just kind of hitching a ride." But hey, if that works for them, that's great. But could you could you give us a little bit of a TLDR on um, what they're testing out, and maybe um, explain to people um, a little bit about uh, what optical communications are and how it works.
2: Well. Oh. Okay, so to your first point, NASA has been hitching a ride with private organizations and other countries for a number of years since the last space shuttle was decommissioned. Um, Their first, I I believe it's their solo mission is the Artemis mission that's coming up either next year or the year after. And that's going to be NASA's first foray back to the moon. Um, it's going to be like an orbital run and they're not actually going to try to land on that one. But yeah, it's, it's been a while since NASA themselves have launched anything into space um, uh, that's carrying people. Um, the, what this is, it's a test and, and it's hit, it hitched a ride on the um, uh, Psyche mission which is uh, to, the mission that's going to a metal-rich asteroid to survey the asteroid and see what information it can get back. Uh, This particular mission is testing out a laser-focused communication device that will take information and use those laser arrays to send it back to Earth instead of using radio waves, which they currently do now. What this does and how it was explained to me by the team is it's basically like Uh, the difference between high-speed internet, cable internet, and fiber optic, where you can send a lot of information at the same time, and it's faster, and it's more pinpoint to the person you're sending it to. Uh, Why this is important is because you have, uh, once they get it out into space and start putting it on different missions, you're going to have a lot of information that needs to be conveyed in a short amount of time in order to make the mission, the next step in the mission, possible. So it's basically yep, doing that. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. So using optical communications, how far are we going to be able to communicate, go forward, and, and how long would it take for those messages to be conveyed?
2: Well, it, I mean, it's it's laser arrays, so it travels at the speed of light. And so it depends on, I guess, how far out you are as to how long it will take. But the what what I was what's interesting about it is that it actually has it's easier to receive, but it's also harder to receive if case in case there's weather issues. Like if it's cloudy or if there's a storm or something like that, and the laser can't get through to the receiver, then you're gonna have interruptions and then you have to wait for that. Um, to pass are you going to need to put these transmitters in different parts of the globe so that you can transmit to a different area in case one area is overcast.
0: Oh, fascinating. Okay. So then all of a sudden we're, we're thinking about like weather patterns across galaxies and presuming if we're thinking about, you know, how a laser beam would get from point A to point B and just anything they would have to circumvent. Um that's really fascinating. Um, Jason, high, low, uh, oh, it seems, seems like we probably know what this one is going to be, but high, low, or, uh, oh.
2: It's a, it's a high for the technology. I'm cautiously holding my, uh, oh back depending on its future uses. Um uh, one of the things that I, I was told is that it's more, uh, secure because it's line of sight so from the device in space to the transmitter on earth it's a straight shot similar to how ships would use light to communicate with each other if you're not in view of that light then you can't tell what it is or what's being said or what's communicating. it's like light mixed with Morse code my potential uh-oh is what if someone else figures out how to do it and they start using it for covert things. And at, that's that's always been an uh-oh for me because you never know. You know, you want to know what people are saying, especially when it comes to governments and, you know, military entities and things like that. So uh, right now it's a it's a high. Hopefully
1: it won't become an uh-oh.
0: <laughs> right. But we'll have to. Right. TBD. Yep. Right. I did like
1: Well, I like the article. I I, Like he said, you know, the difference between cable and optical, but in both cases, you're talking about a tethered, connected solution. Like, I feel like we've had optical data transmission for ages, and there must be reasons why it hasn't been really embraced this way. On the other hand, I can see, like, well, if we're seeing light from stars ten hundred of billions of uh, miles away then certainly light seems to be more reliable transmitting through space than radio waves but radio waves go in every direction which is wasted energy so yeah i i can't wait to to see how this goes
2: the i think the biggest positive for this is the amount of data i mean the original report they put out was saying something like 20 petabytes of data could be transmitted. And that's a huge amount of information that could be trans. I don't even know what that is in gigabytes. I'd have I to look that up. I was just going to ask, yeah, but, just
0: for, for a frame of reference for, for how much that is. God, I don't even have any, any context for that. Wow.
2: Yeah, so that's a massive amount of data. Uh, 20 petabytes is... Two twenty, massive twenty, twenty million gigabytes.
0: Damn, a lot, basically. <laughs> a
2: lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So if this thing is capable of doing that, we're gonna find out a whole, whole heap about um, outer space.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, this is super exciting. Um, yeah, we'll have to kind of you'll have to keep us updated on um, on how all of that kind of continues to unfold. But really exciting to see NASA kind of experiment with that. Um, Let's move on uh, and talk a little bit about uh, AI tooling now. Um, Jason, you also wrote an article this week on different AI tools that are being used for YouTube. Um, and in this article, you mentioned a couple alternatives to chat GPT, which I thought was really interesting. Um, you mentioned Claude AI and perplexity AI. I was wondering if you and Ryan as well, if you want to chime in on this one, if you guys could Talk a little bit about these alternatives, um, pros and cons to each, what, what you like about them, um, and then which one your favorite is. Um, would love to hear your takes on that.
2: I actually liked um, perplexity um, before ChatGBT. And the reason why is because ChatGBT still, but for a long time, has had issues with spitting out facts that weren't true. And it would spit out those facts without any type of, um, well, this is where I got that from. And when you asked it to do it, it was just as likely to give you a fake link as it was to give you a real one. What I liked about perplexity is when you type in a question with perplexity, when it gives you its answer, it by default gives you the link to where that answer came from. It might not be 100% accurate, but at least it gives you somewhere to go to verify the information it provides you from the start. You don't have to go on like a scavenger hunt to find out if something the AI told you was true. Uh as ChatGBT became more advanced, you know, that that became a part of its model too. But perpacity was doing it for a lot longer. So I I, I really did appreciate that. Uh, Claude is um, I like Claude, uh, but Claude still has a hallucination problem as well. Uh, I mean, they all do, so you always want to double check anything an AI model tells you. But Claude is is still trying to work out its, its, its issues with um, the the responses that it gets. I have I, I'm convinced that Claude Pro is, is light years better, but as a base model, I think ChatGPT and Perplexity are pretty much the, well, and, well, Bing, uh, Microsoft Bing is pretty much ChatGPT. So, yeah, um, as for an alternative, I think Perplexity is a, is a really good tool. Um, in the article, what we were talking about was how, okay, so you're getting started on YouTube. You need to come up with ideas for episodes. Okay, so how do you do that? You go to one of these chatbots. You can be whatever one you want. If you prefer Claude, use Claude. And you ask it for um, 10 ideas for a YouTube channel about space. And it will generate those. It'll, it will generate ideas. It will tell you, okay, do this, do this this. And then it, you can ask them, okay, well, why these subjects? Like, give me what's interesting about them. And it'll do that. And you can also ask, like, say you're doing interviews, you could say, okay, who are the top people in this field? Now, ChatGBT, the base model, still stops at 2022. I think that's right, Ryan. And so you're going to get older information than if you used, uh, say, Bing or even the browser for files with bing plug in you'll get more up to date information because that's actually searching the actual internet um so that's basically what those uh tools are for is based you know you you can actually you can even ask them to write a script for the channel if you want it to like uh say okay well we're going to do a, an episode on uh deep space optical communications Write me a script for a YouTube channel called Deep Space and Me, and you know, and it'll crank that out for you. Now, sometimes it will actually crank it out as if the person were talking, so it won't just give you okay, section one to be about this, section two about this. It'll actually give you the dialogue of the host and the guests talking to each other. I'm not sure if that's going to be very helpful for everybody, but at least it gives you an idea of how the episode should run.
0: Right, that's amazing, and uh, just a pretty incredible starting point, really. From then, something that you can circle back with them and just kind of refine further. Um, that's really, really awesome to hear about. Um, just quick follow up question too on all of this, Jason. Earlier, you were saying that uh, it's possible to program Chat GPT for it to talk to you in a specific way. Say, hypothetically, I wanted Chat GPT to talk to me like I was. Who knows? oh god, uh, a member of like the monarchy or something like that, is that something that individual users can program into ChatGPT or Cloud AI, Perplexity AI, to kind of have a different level of interaction? Or is that something that can only be done on the the software side at this point in time?
2: Uh, so far, well, Alan, I know you can do it in ChatGPT. I'm not sure about the others. I haven't tried that yet, but the, you can tell it to refer to you in any way you want. I mean, you could tell it to refer to you with specific pronouns. You could tell it to refer to you in with, you know, Lord or lady or whatever. Right. You, know, you, you can put that as a response. Um, I'm sure it will stop if you tell it to refer to you as, you know, Abraham
0: Lincoln
2: right. yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But you know it as far as a title it doesn't know that you're not a lord or lady it doesn't know that you're not a member of parliament but i think the more information you give it it'll probably start giving you error messages and things right, like that but right. at, just you have to right, test out.
0: totally, or like talk to me like I'm trash, which would be awful. But right, I'm sure that there's certain things where it's just not not going to do it. Have you customized it? That's what I really want to know. How how do you, how have you asked Chat GPT to interact with you? That's the real question here.
2: Well, because I believe in the singularity and our robot overlords, <laughs> I do make sure to say thank you yes. and please. Um, now, mine, I just have programmed to say my name when it responds to me. Um, The other is when you're asking it to come up with uh, like recipes for, um, you know, you can tell it, okay, well, this is my diet type, suggest recipes based on this. Now you've already told it what your body type is. And they said, well, okay, based on your body type, X, Y, Z, you know, because you already programmed it to you know, understand those things. It it you can tell it uh specific parameters like I could say I'm a journalist from Los Angeles. Okay, well then the responses are gonna be, well in la in LA this kind of thing is being talked about or something like that if you yep, wanted
0: to. Yep, that makes it's not you just know. how it interacts the, with you. It also recalls all the previous information um about where right. you live and all that kind of stuff. Yep.
2: Well and it's it's interesting because replica the AI Companion app actually did something like that already. And it was kind of, they kind of got a uh, bad bit of publicity where the guy in the UK, his AI Companion was like, yeah, you should assassinate the queen. And And it, but it was responding to the inputs he was giving it. Right. So it didn't know that this, Queen was a real person. It it was just responding to what he was saying. And I think that's what people don't understand about these um chatbots is their conversational chatbots. You know, one you can program it to speak to you however you want, like your what your your joke about talk to me like I'm trash, it'll do it. Right. <laughs> if, if you tell yep. it to. So you know, that's just something that people need to keep in yeah. mind.
0: I feel like this might be an uh-oh. I don't know what you think, but um, this feels like something that could, could go either way, but just something to be aware of.
2: Well, AI in general uh-oh. is... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I mean, it is. Because if you think if you think about it, this thing is not sentient. It doesn't know. It's responding to what we tell it. So it can respond positively, it can respond negatively. It's all about the user. And I think we forget about that because we're thinking, you know, Skynet, Terminator, you know, uh, the creator, you know, fictional representations of AI. But it still comes back to who's sitting in front of the keyboard typing in the
0: prompts. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think that's a very helpful reminder, actually, of just all the human agency that's involved in developing the back end of these technologies, right? So um, helpful reminder to have. um, Yeah, Jason, thanks for for sharing that. So let's maybe talk about one last story and then wrap it up because we're already at time. But I would love to hear your guys' take quickly on... Baidu, confession, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, B-A-I-D-U. Um, they are essentially China's Google competitor. Um, would love to hear your guys' take, um, similarities, differences, and then just how they're experimenting with AI. Um, and Ryan, maybe we'll start with you because, um, uh, yeah, would love to hear your your take on all this.
1: Well, I think uh, Jose did a good job sort of framing it, that you have Baidu and Alibaba, the two two of the biggest firms in China, both trying to build all-in-one tools. Oh, gee, sounds perhaps like what a crazy billionaire wants to do with Twitter, Um, but they both are going to try to take over AI in their countries the same way Google and Microsoft are battling in ours. And I think the um, Baidu demo that they did yesterday at Baidu World um, was very impressive. And, I mean, certainly we, uh, sadly, are not Um, Chinese speakers and so a lot of what it was demonstrating and how uh, smooth and seamless it all was is completely lost on us just watching it on YouTube. But I think one thing is clear is that it's just as powerful and as mind-blowing to their market as this technology has been to our market. So I think that's very um, intriguing and particularly because, again, Baidu is um, trying to do everything from a web browser to a search engine to a social media platform, just like the companies here in America. I I am intrigued how all of this is being impacted by the export restrictions they're putting on artificial intelligence processing chips that the U.S. is trying to keep out of the hands of China because we want to keep the lead globally. Um, But it certainly doesn't look like they're being held back that far.
0: Oh, interesting. Say a little bit more um, just to that effect, maybe just kind of talking about um, where all these companies are getting their chips from, because I know that there's been a lot of controversy around supply chain shortages for chips. Um, Yeah. Where are they getting them from and what's kind of the the issue there at the moment?
1: Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I don't think there's a shortage of them. Um, It was kind of funny that you know chip makers got all excited about crypto and for a while because of bitcoin mining you couldn't get your hands on certain gpus that had the processing power to do mining but now crypto is shall we say uh, on the back burner for a lot of people and uh, the good news for the chip manufacturers in particular nvidia is that um, ai is also processor intensive and does require high um performance so their chips are still selling like gangbusters i the, the primary challenge in terms of supply chain is that the us is putting uh, export restrictions specifically to limit the availability of these chips to shall we say adversarial nations including china the bad news is that many chips in the world are made in china and even though they're using technology from uh designers and developers in other countries, they certainly have access to those designs and can probably emulate them pretty easily.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot there copied. Um yeah, Jason, go for it. Yeah.
2: My concern is that, you know, we always make reference to an AI arms race. Well, okay, well now you have it. Where there's a industry in America building AI models and an industry in China using building AI models and we're already at 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 the very least economic rivals. So now we're building out these tools specifically for, you know, our own markets. You know, they won't export to us, we won't export to them. And it's just building up this tension that I think down the road might have negative implications, especially when we consider that both governments are applying AI to military um, endeavors, so I think that's something that we should definitely keep an eye on. And for me, that's definitely going to go into the "uh oh" category because you can't once once it gets into the hands of the government and militaries, it's just forget about it. it there, we're we're definitely eyeing Skynet down It's the road. over
0: <laughs> at that point. Yep, definitely um, hopefully, hopefully that's, uh, far down the road and not something we need to worry about too much now, but definitely something, uh, that's a little bit concerning for sure. Um, uh, just speaking about by, do you have either of you guys tested out, uh, Ernie, um, would love to hear your thoughts on, uh, Ernie 3.5. I know they just announced Ernie 4.0, which is to come out soon, but, Curious if either of you have tried it. I don't even know if it's like just in private, but uh, I don't. I don't know if it's available to everyone right now. I have not even tried to test it out. But curious your takes if you have.
1: Well, you know, Jose on our team is the um, the wizard that uh, tests all of these, installs all of these, runs all of these. But because it is a cloud based solution, it requires a Baidu account, and a Baidu account requires a phone number, and that phone number has to be in China. So unfortunately, no. Um, Although he desperately wanted, because he was very impressed with the YouTube um, of the keynote demonstration, was unable to get his hands on this particular tool. And my computer probably wouldn't run it anyway.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. What computer do you use, Jason?
2: Well, I built my own, so I have to uh, upgrade a few things before I can do any of these models properly. You built
0: your own computer? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Uh
2: that it's, it's actually not that hard it, it's just it's expensive and time consuming if you really want a good one but wow. yeah and, um, building your own saves you a lot of hassle um, mm-hmm. once you get used right it. wow
0: well that's amazing um, that's definitely uh, definitely inspirational I'm not gonna lie um, well any any concluding thoughts from the two of you guys um, maybe just if you want to say uh, just in like a brief minute, um, what you are most excited about right now when it comes to AI innovation um, and what you're, you're just kind of eyeing and looking forward to, that would be great. And then I think we'll just kind of round it off there. I think for me, the, what I'm most um,
2: interested in and optimistic about are the people coming online who are trying to put these AI models, the control of these AI models in the, hand of the hands of the people Um, Instead of these shadowy companies that no one's ever heard of that want to scan your eyeballs. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. And, you know, what they're trying to do is, okay, we have a constitution. Most countries have constitutions that give either rights or even privileges, whatever, however you want to call it. And you can and can't do this well should we apply that mentality to these tools that are becoming so sophisticated that one day we might not be able to def, you know tell them apart from a human intelligence anyway and you know i was speaking to the uh, collective intelligence project before this and that's what they're working on they're working with anthropic to try and develop a quote unquote constitution for ai and it's very interesting to see that This isn't being done by a board. This isn't being done by engineers. They're doing it with a survey of random American citizens. And I think that's that's a good step forward in making this thing safer and more, you know, user friendly, more
1: human friendly.
0: I love that. Thanks for sharing, Jason. Um, Ryan, any any concluding thoughts from you?
1: Check in to uh, Decrypt Emerge on a weekly basis. We've introduced the How to AI series, which are practical guides to using AI tools in a variety of sectors, whether you're a veterinarian or a teacher or a YouTuber, as in this week's one, Um, we're going to have an article every Tuesday about um, the best ways to apply artificial intelligence to your work. That's what I'm excited about.
0: Definitely, yes. Um, Echoing everything Ryan just shared, um, two weeks ago we launched our latest hub uh, called eMERGE, which we're super excited about. It's all things ML, AI, just emerging tech in general. Um, Play into our Discord. We have a couple new channels over there that we're kicking off. um, And then we'll just keep on doing these spaces um, on a weekly basis. Uh, We just think it's important as staff to kind of take time um, to just regroup and talk about how, uh, how we're feeling also just with all these stories. Um, uh, there's a lot happening in the AI space. It moves very quickly. Some of it is scary. We just want to open the floor for all of you guys to kind of come to, if you have any questions, um, concerns, or if there's any stories that you're following closely, this is the time to kind of come and chat with us and hear about, um, Jason and Ryan's takes on the latest. Um, so yeah, come, come back next week at, uh, 12 PM Eastern. We'll be here uh, looking forward to to talking with you guys again then, Jason and Ryan, and as always on Slack for us. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we'll leave it there for today. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day.
2: All right. See you next Bye week. Guys. Thank you, everybody.